take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And as you find your place, I, I would ask if you would stand as we uh, read God's word here tonight. Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll be looking here in just, just a couple of verses here, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Fathers, we come to you tonight. I thank you so much for the privilege we have to be in your house tonight. And I pray for your help, Father, in preaching your word. Uh, help me to say only what you would have me to say. And pray that you'd speak to hearts and that your Holy Spirit would be at work. And help each one of us, Father, to be doers of your word and, and not hearers only. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. On the evening of July 16th, 1999, there was a small plane called a Piper Saratoga that took off from Essex County Airport in uh, New Jersey. And it was en route to Martha's Vineyard Airport in Massachusetts. Now, sadly, this flight never made it to its destination because about an hour after takeoff, it ended up crashing into the Atlantic Ocean. Now, some of you may know the flight that I'm talking about because it made national headlines in that time. And, and the pilot of that flight was John F. Kennedy Jr., and he also had his wife as well as sister-in-law, and they were passengers, and, and sadly, they all lost their lives. And after investigation, the NTSB, uh, this is the conclusion that, at least that they came up with uh, as for the cause of the accident, and, and it was what they called spatial disorientation. Now, I'm not here to uh, look at the true cause of the accident. I know there's people who would have different opinions, but it's more the purpose is to look at this term of spatial disorientation. And another accident actually about three years ago, a little over three years ago now, January 26th of 2020, there was a helicopter in California that uh, ended up crashing into the side of a mountain. And also, many of you probably know, most of you probably would know the, uh, remember this accident because it also made national headlines because the legendary NBA star Kobe Bryant was on that helicopter. And all nine people lost their lives that day. And again, after investigation, the NTSB concluded that the probable cause was this term spatial disorientation. Spatial disorientation. Now one might ask, what is spatial disorientation? What is this that has been mentioned here? And so, so spatial disorientation, usually it's, you know, it's a term mostly uh, in the aviation world. And from what I understand, it's also, also scuba divers may uh, have this uh, feeling. But mostly it has to do with uh, the aviation world and pilots. And so spatial disorientation, really the definition I have here tonight is it's the inability of a person to determine his true body position motion and altitude 
relative to the earth or his surroundings. So, in other words, it's confusion. You're confused. You don't know where you're at. And for a pilot, normally this takes place when he's in the clouds. Okay, so I'm sure many of you have or some, at least some of you have been on a commercial airliner and you look out the window, you, you, and if you're going through the clouds, you, know, you can't see anything. You just, it's a white fog, basically. Uh, well, you know, the pilot sees the exact same thing that you do. So how does he fly that plane? How does, how does that pilot know where the ground is, or where the sky is, or whether he's turning left or right? Well, uh, every airplane has what's called instruments, and the pilot has to fly by those instruments, especially when they're in the clouds. And so usually when spatial disorientation takes place, it's when the pilot is, is not relying upon those instruments. Many times it's, it's a pilot that uh, doesn't have that instrument training um, that uh, one would get, especially in the commercial, when, once you get to the commercial realm, you have to have instrument training. Um, but a pilot would get confused. If he's not relying upon his instruments, then his feelings will take over when you're in the clouds. And in my own instrument training, you know, I've had some of those feelings where I've been in the clouds and my feelings, what my body is telling me is maybe I'm turning to the left. It just, my body is telling me I'm turning left. This is what I'm feeling. But when I'm looking at those instruments and they're telling me I am straight and level. That's a weird feeling. When they're telling me something different from what I'm feeling, it is kind of not a, not a fun feeling to have. Because if you feel like you're turning left, then your inclination, of course, is to correct for that and to turn right. But if you're already straight and level and you start turning right, then obviously you're going to start turning right in actuality. And then it's just going to get more confusing from there. And the pilot's feelings, his body is going to tell him so many different crazy things and end up crashing, end up sometimes even destroying the lives of others around him, others that are in that aircraft. Now, as I, as I personally went through my instrument training, of course, I had to learn the instruments. I had to learn how to interpret them, what they were saying, what they were telling me. I had to learn to correct for those in, for, for those uh, deviations uh, when I did get off. And tonight here, I'll have these on, on the table here later, but I have some coasters, but these are uh, basically, uh, has an example of what instruments might look like in, in the cockpit. And so this instrument is called an attitude indicator. So there's an attitude indicator, and basically it tells the pilot whether he is uh, climbing or descending or turning left, turning right, and so the attitude indicator, and there could be a message in and of itself there. The attitude of the airplane has to be correct. Yeah. And so then there's the airspeed indicator, which is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, tells how fast or slow the airplane is, is going. And then we have a heading indicator, which would go along also with the magnetic compass as the north, south, east, west, and all in between uh, headings there. And then there's also the altimeter, which tells the pilot how uh, what his altitude is. Now, these are just four instruments, and there's, there's several others that a pilot would have when it comes to navigation or how fast he's climbing or how fast he's descending. Um, so I had to learn, these are just a few of the instruments I had to learn, how, how to interpret what they are telling me and how to correct for them when I, was, when I deviated from them. 
But the basic thing that I learned, though, while, while, while doing the instrument training specifically, was to trust them. Yeah. I had to trust those instruments. Right. That's good. I had to completely trust them. I couldn't trust my feelings. Yeah. I couldn't trust what my, my, my feelings were telling me. In that moment where I felt like I was turning, I had to look at those instruments and trust that they were right yes, sir. and not trust myself. And you know what? Our first, the first word in, this, in verse 5 that we read here is this word trust. This word trust. Now the word trust, really a simple definition that I have here today, is put confidence in. So put confidence in. You know, I had to put my confidence in those instruments. I had to rely upon them. When I have scripture here this evening, the Bible says the trust in the Lord. So put your confidence in the Lord. Now this next phrase is a very important phrase, especially, there's a three-letter word here, but it says, with all thine heart. That word all, very important, because it can't be just some of thine heart. Right. It can't just be with a fraction or a portion. No, it has to be with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, with all of it, all the way. Can't leave anything back. Nothing. Can't leave anything back at all. Just as a pilot has to rely completely all the way upon those instruments and not trust his feelings at all, we have to trust in the Lord all the way. We can't keep anything back and trust ourselves. Now, you know, our society is actively teaching to follow your heart, actively teaching to do what you think is best for your life. You do you. You know, there's all kinds of sayings out there, but they're teaching that. They're teaching follow your heart, whatever you think is best for your life. And even, you know, even down to children's movies, they put it in there. Follow whatever you think is best for your life and just think, just go and do it. And sadly, it's even, even with the the gender issue today. Whatever your child thinks they want to be, just let them be that. And it's sad to see. So on one hand, you know, they say follow your heart, but then they want a pilot to do that, right? They want a doctor to do that. They want some of these professions to just do whatever you think is best. What if they built this building that way? What are you, whatever you think is, is right, don't follow these calculations. Just, yeah, put that, one, that beam there and that beam there. Whatever you think is, is right, yeah. well, that'll be confusion. Yes, right. That won't end up very good. No. So on one hand, you know, they, they, of course, this, our society teaches, okay, a pilot, yes, needs to follow those instruments. When you build a building, you need to follow a pattern. You need to follow a blueprint. But then when it comes to just your life, oh, just go and do whatever you think is best. Follow what you think is best for yourself in your own heart in your own life. But no, you know, we can't do that. The Bible says, and and not just in this passage, but throughout the Bible, uh, we see passage after passage of people that did follow their own heart. I think of Samson. He often followed his own heart, didn't he? He didn't follow the Lord's plan. And we see where that led him. 
those trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then it says, lean not unto thine own, un, own understanding. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Really, uh, goes right along with that first portion of that verse. Trust in the Lord because, listen, you can't lean upon yourself. You can't follow your own wisdom, your own understanding. No matter how smart you th- may think you are, you need the Lord in your life. Yes. You need God's help. You need God's strength. You need God's wisdom. Another proverb that uh, I'll read here, but in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, has this to say about those who do follow their own heart. Proverbs 28, 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So whoso trusteth in his own heart is a fool. The Bible's very clear. And again, this isn't the only passage that would call someone who follows their own heart a fool. The Bible makes it very clear. We don't really know what's best for our life. You're foolish if you try to live your life for yourself. You're foolish if you try to, to follow your own ways, follow your own heart. You must lean upon God. You must lean upon Him and Him alone. In verse 6 there, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. So in all thy ways acknowledge Him. The ways would, uh, would be every aspect of your life, every decision of your life, in all thy ways, every part of your life acknowledge Him. Now this word acknowledge has this idea of uh, the idea of learning to know, uh, knowing or uh, to consider. So in all thy ways, in, in every aspect of your life, every decision, consider God. Consider God's will. Yes. Seek to know God. Strive to learn to know God's ways. Amen. Learn to know him. Consider him. So in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Let's consider God in everything. It says all, so in everything. You can't keep anything back. You can't, we can't stress that enough because as human beings, we are very prone to keep something. It's like, yes, I'm trusting the Lord with all this, but there's this one area I'm keeping to myself. I don't know if I can trust God with that. I don't know if I can, I can truly give that to the Lord. Yeah. I, I've, I need to have control uh, of this in my life. It has to be all the way. Yeah. It needs to be everything. So in all the ways, acknowledge him. And the last uh, phrase here, the last section of verse number six really sums up these two verses. And it says, and he shall direct thy paths. Yeah. Really, that's the reason why we need to be trusting the Lord. He shall. That, you know, that's a promise. You know, God wants to direct you. He wants to guide you. It's not like if you trust in the Lord, he's just going to leave you out in the cold. No, he wants to direct you. He will guide you. He will lead you down the right path. He will help you. You know, God wants us to have, go down that path of, of joy and peace. He wants us to have victory. Of course, that doesn't mean that life is easy. I think all of us would know that. Life isn't always easy. But you know, even in those hard times, if we're trusting the Lord, we can have peace. Yes, that's right. We can have joy. We, 
when we learn to lean on him, we have a peace in our heart. The King James Bible Commentary, I think, sums these verses up well, and it says, All reliance on our own understanding must be forever relinquished and replaced by a total trust in His ability to make a straight and profitable path for our feet. So we have to put all our reliance upon Him. We have to relinquish all of our understanding completely. Rely upon the Lord and God, He will guide us. He will lead us. He will direct us down that right path. Now there was time in flight training, usually uh, when we did our flight training, we didn't always wait for it to be cloudy, because sometimes you'd be waiting for a while. (laughs) But uh, we had these special glasses that were uh, fogged over on the top, and then they were clear on the bottom, so it took out all the peripheral vision, and all I could look at was those instruments. But I do remember there were some times that we did do some uh, flying in the clouds. And I remember specifically a time when I was uh, flying into uh, an airport there in Oklahoma City, Wiley Post Airport, and, and it was foggy, cloudy, and, and uh, so I'm coming in on an approach into this runway. And I can't see the runway at all. And I'm following what ATC, air traffic control, is telling me where to turn, what heading to be on, and I'm following those instruments And as we get closer to the runway, of course, we're slowly getting closer and closer to the ground. And, you know, in a way, it's somewhat unnerving. You're getting closer to the ground, you can't see anything. You're hoping that, you're trusting that your instruments are leading you the right direction. You're hoping that once you break out of those clouds, that that runway is going to be straight ahead. That is going to be right before you. And, you know, it was no better feeling than when we did break out of the clouds and I could see the runway. It was the best feeling I've ever had, (laughs) that I'd follow those instruments and they had led me safely to that destination, to where I was supposed to go. And I was able to land safely. You know what, really in life, life is, it's like being in the clouds because we can't see ahead. You can't see the future. You know, we may have, of course, plans and we can plan ahead but truly, we don't see ahead of us. We can't even see into the next hour. You know, back in 2020, I don't think anyone predicted COVID. But it happened. And it messed up a lot of people's lives, right? It messed up all these plans that we had. But we can't see the future. We can't see what's ahead of us. It's like we're in the clouds. That's why we need to be following God. Yes. That's why we need to be trusting Him. Yes. Because following our own selves, we can, we can end up in a wreck. We can end up destroying our own lives and even the lives of people around us. The lives of our family, the lives of maybe even friends. That's why our trust needs to be in the Lord. Now, as was mentioned also in the video, I was about six years old and I had a desire to be a missionary pilot. Um, during my teen years and even in the college, I really struggled with that, whether that's what, what God wanted for my life or not. And, uh, you know, it was a desire of my heart, and I think that's one thing that made it a struggle. I, 
I desired that. I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to be, use aviation in missions. But I didn't want it to do it just because I wanted to do it. I wanted to make sure this is what God wants. Yeah. And so I struggled with that for, for many years. And really just as I tried to stay faithful in Bible reading and stay faithful in church and listening to godly counsel, it was over a process of time that the Lord just showed me that he had placed that desire upon my heart for that reason, to be a missionary pilot. You know, I, I know what it's like as, as a teenager and in college, just not knowing what does God want me to do? What does God have for my life? How is, how is he leading? How is he directing? I, I couldn't see ahead. I couldn't, couldn't see the, the future. But you know what God knew, and he was directing, yeah, yeah. but he just wanted me to stay faithful where I was at that moment. Right. He wanted me to stay faithful in church and faithfully serving, faithfully just living for him. And I went to Heartland Baptist Bible College and still didn't really know exactly what God wanted, though that was a desire. Still had that, those, those struggles, those doubts. What does God want for me? But again, it was just over time, process of time, finally I came to realize this is, this is what God wants. Amen. This is what God has for my life. And you know, when it comes to trusting the Lord, it, it, we can apply it really to every area of life. And of course, when it comes to following the Lord and what he would have you to do and where he would have you to go, you know, that's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, just as much as you know, it was, it was difficult for me to, to know at that time as a young person where God was leading. You know, I know for others, it can be the same. I encourage you just to trust God with that. Just follow his leading. Just do every day what you know what God wants you to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll show you. He'll continue to show you as you follow him, as you walk with him. Of course, first of all, we have to trust the Lord for our salvation. You know, I never want to take it for granted anywhere, anytime I preach that everyone in, in the room would be saved. So first of all, you have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation and, and Him alone. You have to give all of your heart to Him. Yes. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, if there's something that you're holding on to, you know, you have to relinquish that. You can't be trusting anything else can't be trusting in yourself in the fact that maybe your parents were good Christians or maybe your grandpa was a pastor or you can't be trusting in those things or maybe you've been baptized before you can't be trusting in those things right. all your trust has to be in the Lord Jesus Christ and in him alone Amen. and him alone and then you can have true peace yes. then you can have true joy in your life now, when it comes to when, if you are saved, you know, you've trusted in the Lord with the most important thing of life, your salvation. You've, tr you've trusted in him for your eternal security. You know, it's amazing that we can trust the Lord with our eternal security, the most important thing, but yet we struggle sometimes in other areas to trust him. So if we can trust God with our salvation, with our eternal security, why is it so difficult sometimes to trust him 
in other areas, like when it comes to our health, just trusting him. When it comes to finances, trusting in the Lord. Well, I mean, obviously we are human beings, and we are constantly uh, struggling. There's constantly a battle, constantly a desire to have control. But let's, let's relinquish it all to the Lord. Let's give it all to the Lord. Amen. Let's completely trust in Him. Yes. And so like in that area of, say, finances, you know, I know during our time uh, when I was in flight training, uh, the Lord impressed upon our heart to give you know, a certain amount to missions, of course, obviously, as well as tithing. And, and sometimes it was when that missions conference came around each year, and the Lord impressed that upon my heart, that, that amount that he wanted us to give. I was like, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you want us to give that? Yeah. I mean, you know that we have bills, you know that I have flight training, how are we going to do this? I mean, over those years, I just found out that, that as I just obeyed and did what God wanted me to do, he provided. Yeah. I just, if, if I trusted him, he would provide. He would lead. He would give me exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to finances, maybe you feel the Lord would have you give to two missions, even a certain amount. And maybe you've been in that spot as well, where your thought is, how am I going to do that, Lord? There's, there's no way I can do this. In many ways, I mean, and that's what faith promise missions is, right? It's not convenience promise, but it's faith promise. It's trusting the Lord to help you to give exactly what God wants you to give. But also, you know, as parents, it can be a struggle to trust the Lord with our children. Trust the Lord that that he would guide them, that he would lead them in the right direction. I mean, what if your child came to you and and said, you know, I believe that the Lord wants me to be a missionary to Saudi Arabia. What would your thought be? What what would your reaction be? I I hope that we would say, well, I'll, I'll pray with you about that and encourage them and not discourage them. Because, you know, ultimately, your child will be safer in the Lord's will in Saudi Arabia than he would be here in the United States, out of the Lord's will. That's right. yeah. And so, you know, we can trust God, and we must trust the Lord. We must trust him with our finances, with our children, with our own lives, with our health. And, and you can think of an area in your own life, how this could apply but just trusting him completely, trusting him all the way, fully following God. And just as much as a pilot has to trust those instruments, and, and we want pilots to trust their instruments, we don't want them to start relying upon their, themselves. Every single one of us, we have to rely upon God. We have to trust God. Because we can hurt other people around us if we don't. I love the song, the hymn, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. And you know, really, obedience, it goes right along with trust. It's hand in hand. Because ultimately, if you're not obeying God, then you're not trusting Him. If you're not obeying Him, you're not trusting Him. But if you're trusting Him, then you're going to obey Him. 
If you're fully trusting God, then whatever he asks you to do, you're going to obey him. And that song, part of the song goes, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you on that right path. He wants to direct your life. But you have to trust him. You have to obey him. You have to follow his leading all the way. And it's just really just one step at a time. You know, some instruments that we have in our own life, uh, our primary instrument is right here. Yes. It's the word of God. Yeah, this is the instrument that we can follow. This is the instrument that, listen, will never fail. It will guide us. It will direct us. And also the Holy Spirit can be an instrument and is an instrument. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you and he will guide you. He will help you. But also, you know, some other instruments that we have would be a spiritual leader, like a pastor or a youth pastor or maybe a parent. Someone in your life who's a spiritual influence in your life, they can be an instrument to help you, to help guide your path. Now, these instruments that pilots use, you know, they are man-made, which means that they can fail. Not a comforting thought, is it? (laughs) But they can fail. You know, the Bible will never fail. Our instrument for life, our primary instrument right here will never, ever fail. It cannot fail. It's impossible. This is the Word of God. So we can trust it. We can follow it. Now, when it comes to spiritual leaders in our life, again, they they also are human. And there's a possibility they can fail. A pastor can fail. A youth pastor can fail. Parents certainly can fail. You know, if you see that your spiritual leader in your life is in line with the Bible, they are doing the best they can to follow God and live a godly life, then, you know, as Paul said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. So as your spiritual leader is following Christ, then you can follow them. You can use them as an instrument in your life to find direction, to find, find guidance in your life. And so tonight, first of all, I want you to remember to keep God's word as most important in your life because it is your instrument. Again, as a pilot, I had to learn what these instruments were saying. I had to follow them. I had to learn to interpret them. You know, we have to know what the Bible is saying. And to know what the Bible is saying, we have to be in it every single day. We have to be following it. We have to be reading it. We have to learn how to interpret it correctly. And when we deviate, we have to learn how to get back on that right path. Yes. And so keep God's word as your primary instrument. Follow his word. Don't listen to this world and our society and maybe other books that are out there, but trust his word Amen. and what it says. Daily spend time with him. Faithfully be in church. You know, just really the basics of the Christian life, uh, Bible reading, prayer, being in church, following godly counsel, will help us to stay on that right track. Yes, amen. And so if there's an area that you find it hard to trust the Lord with, you know what? 
I just encourage you to stay in his word. Keep trusting him. Just take it a day at a time. Follow him. Don't try to think so far into the future that you get scared or make too many plans. But, you know, just on a daily basis, just follow him. Trust him. Follow his guidance. Because he wants to lead you. Stay faithful to him. and Stay in his word. Father, I want to thank you so much for uh, this evening that you have given us and the opportunity that we've had to be in your word tonight. And Father, I pray that you would work in hearts, Lord, as only you can. pray your Holy Spirit would uh, speak to lives and help each one of us, Father, to simply trust you. Put all of our trust in you and every area of our life would, would be given to you. Help us to stay faithful to you and faithful to your word. And we love you and help us to be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.